Welcome to your Monday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Plenty to get to today. I'll be joined in a little bit by Jason Gerwin from The Streamable as I try to help you navigate the uh, streaming wars between regional sports networks like Fox Sports North and carriers like YouTube TV and Hulu. Has not been great for you, the consumer, lately, but Jason will help us kind of navigate that But first, what did I miss? Well, really quick, you missed the Gophers men's basketball team losing at Nebraska. And because of that, I need to bring in Patrick Roycey very quickly here, a Star Tribune columnist, because he wrote a column before that game uh, about Richard Pitino and how he thinks Richard Pitino needs to go as head coach. And uh, that, that, uh, that game against Nebraska only fortified his opinion. So let's bring in Patrick right now. It's becoming a podcast tradition that Patrick and I gather on a Monday morning and uh, talk about the job status of a uh, prominent basketball coach in this market. Uh, last, last week, Patrick, it was Ryan Saunders after he was fired uh, by the Timberwolves on a Sunday night. And uh, right now you had a column in Saturday's paper um, basically saying it, it's time for Richard Patino to go. Um, and that was before they lost at Nebraska, Patrick, if I'm not mistaken. So what yes. uh, how did you get to that point? Was it was it the the Northwestern loss was the last straw? Was it a building process? What uh, what what brought you there? Well, it was the Northwestern game. I I still thought that uh, you know if he was to I mean if let's if he goes what three and one against that lousy schedule that they they were playing the last four, if he beats Northwestern at home, he beats Nebraska, and he beats either Rutgers or. Uh, you know, uh, Penn State. Rutgers and Penn, at Penn State and Rutgers. I mean, that's as easy as it gets in the Big Ten, right there. Uh, I think he was. I would think he was going to make it, and then they go out and get a seventeen to three lead against a team that had lost thirteen in a row, and they somehow managed to get beat. And it's just absolute chaos. And, and it, you know, and the, and the criticism you hear. Uh, from people, and not many, by the way, not many criticism, but if there's a criticism, it's you guys always want to fire the coach. Your right. media always wants to fire the coach. I can't remember the last time, maybe it was Coach Brew, that I said, fire the coach. You know, you have to fire, the, I wrote a column, you have to fire the coach. But when you look at uh, Richard's track record, it's it's abysmal. He eight years. And I, I, I was on the hire, ripping the hire from the beginning, just because I don't think you can hire a 30 year old guy who's had one, uh, you know, one season at Florida international to come up here and compete in the big 10. And, uh, I never really changed my mind. I never really thought he had it going, I guess, uh, you know, the one year he was 24 and 10 and, uh, yeah, you know, they, they did, uh, they, they made it the tournament, they got beat, but, uh, Hey Mike, you look at those numbers, they're unbelievable. Uh, yeah. 14 and 14 and 60 on the road in the big 10. That's, uh, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's unheard of. It's, it's, it's horrible beyond belief. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you just, you just, the guy doesn't have any presence. He doesn't get along obviously with, the the local, you know, the statewide high school coaches, they aren't going to go ripping him, but uh, Chip Scoggins really good piece on Will Cheddar. Yeah. Uh, the kid from Stewartville was, a, we did a really good piece in Sunday's paper, but okay. The Gophers don't get the Jones brothers 
and they don't get Jalen Suggs, but they've never missed on one of these kids if they wanted to. A farm kid from outstate Minnesota, they grow up being gopher fans. And uh, to have uh, him him get one visit with Michigan, I mean, it's just kind of a a look at the entire program, the fact that a kid like that just doesn't even end up considering the gophers, apparently. It was, uh, I, I don't know, he's just... It's just over, and yeah. uh, and and I think it's probably going to happen. One thing about Coyle, he's not a coward in these situations. You know, I mean, Joel Maturi, remember he right. he was Munson. sent to sent to Cincinnati to fire Munson, and and just felt so bad for him. He didn't hire him and brought him back, and then fired him seven games into the next season. But uh, I don't think you know Coyle in his quiet boring frustrating method in which he uh runs this operation is not afraid to fire people and i think that uh that that it's it's over for patino and apparently they had a meeting friday and there's some reports uh doogie uh, wilson was reporting at henry lake that uh yeah. the the meeting uh the the message that uh received by uh richard was not promising so yeah, well, and then, right, you lose to Nebraska, but what, a day after that, two days after that, and then you, you know, here we are. Now, let's, you know, really quick, let's let's get into, you in, in the piece you wrote for Saturday, you had a few names that you put out there. Boy, sure seems like Brian Dutcher makes a lot of sense, right? I know he's not a quote-unquote young up-and-comer. He's 62, uh, plenty young, though, to, to coach in major college basketball. And the most interesting thing to me about that is not only did they have a great year at San Diego State last season, and they got him going again this year. Uh, this article in the San Diego Union Tribune from September about signs a big six-year extension. He's got a $6.9 million buyout. And then we get about 20 paragraphs in. It goes, oh, by the way, uh, the buyout's only a million dollars if he wants to go to Minnesota. Yeah, that's uh, that's the Lou Holtz clause from the middle eighties. <laughs> I could go to Notre Dame. Says, Sid and the fellas made up that excuse for him that I could go to Notre Dame if I want. But in this case, Dutcher has it written in there. He's got it right in his uh, contract. Yes. The problem I see is that uh, there's people telling you that uh, Coyle doesn't want to go big financially. You know, he doesn't want to go beyond two. Yeah, you know, the two billion on this deal. And to me, I don't know if you know, Brian Dutcher loves San Diego. He's been out there forever. He's ended up raising his, you know, family out there basically. I mean, he was in Michigan a long time too. Uh I I think as much as he loves Minnesota, as he said, it's my school. I don't think he's going to take it for the cheap, do you? I right. mean, no. I, you, gotta... you gotta make him a competitive offer, that's for sure. You do. I mean, I, pretty, whatever he gets is going to be a raise on what he's getting at San Diego State, right? He's got a, a six-year, $7.8 million contract. So if you give him two, he's, get, he's getting a yeah. raise. But, yeah, you're right. Like you, yeah. you want to be paid if – you're, if you're sought after, you want to be paid competitively. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah, I suppose he'd, he'd come from two. Uh, here's the other one. Uh, I, I didn't believe this to be true, but somebody who's – does a lot of spends a lot of time around college basketball programs. Let's put it this way. Says Eric Musselman wants the job. Really? He wants to get out yeah. of Arkansas. Well, he loves Arkansas, but he also loves the idea of coming back to where his dad started the family situation and basically the adding to the good 
wiping out the bad and uh, kind of a family huh. legacy of, uh, uh, you know, to, to, I wouldn't say to uh, completely transform his father's tarnished name because for some of it, it's not that tarnished. Right. Love the goofy guy. But uh, that he's, you know, he's smitten by the idea of coming back here. But that, you know, Arkansas just gave him an extension too. Right. And uh, I'm sure, I'm sure the, uh, I'm sure the, I'm sure the manner to get him out of Arkansas is more complicated than to get Brian Dutcher out of San Diego. So, yeah, that sounds, that sounds about right. Um, last thought for you, is this the winter Patrick have the, have the Gophers and Timberwolves brought you to a point where you would consider <laughs> becoming a wild uh, watcher uh, on the TV? Cause they, they seem pretty interesting. Uh, and oh, these, these, two, these two basketball teams are not. No, and it's, it's really it's really difficult for me because uh, to sit down and watch a regular season hockey game from start to finish, unless I'm there covering it, is virtually impossible for me. I just, you know, I, I'm, I'd rather just turn it and watch the highlights because they show you the goals anyway, right? Right. What do I care? <laughs> what do I care if there's a bunch of guys skating around the middle of the ice for 40 minutes and nobody scores a goal? I don't know. Many years ago, Tom Reed had me on the between. This was so long ago. Tom was doing the Gopher games, right? Okay. And he had we were we were up in Duluth. I was up covering a, a series in Duluth, and it was like a hundred below windshield outside. I remember that. Yeah. And about, they got to about the second overtime. This is when you just played, you know? Yeah. And Reed had me on and says, what would you do to improve the game of hockey? And I said, melt the ice to a two big ass baskets up at each end. I think that would work. I think that would work. And, uh, I, I, you know, I think I love hockey characters. You know, I love yeah. writing about old hockey guys. Right. And, uh, hockey, but. Uh, waiting around for somebody to score a goal. I just have a hard time with that. Now during the playoffs, that's different. I'll, right. I'll watch those, but uh, you know, my theory is if I click over and somebody's on a power play, I'll watch it. If I click over at the end of a period and it's a one goal game, I'll watch for a while. And then at the end, I'll clip over and it's a two goal game. I'll watch the last five, six minutes, sure. but I have the, uh, the, the idea of two and a half hours of watching hockey sorry they can go undefeated from here to there it just ain't happening it doesn't, I, I, can't, I can't make myself do that sorry well if we talk again uh in, in a week probably won't be uh too much of a controversial subject but we'll talk basketball not hockey patrick awesome <laughs> oh, stuff. we can talk it uh the uh the, i went to the opener and that's when the uh capersov threw the puck between his uh yeah. legs and tried yeah. to go there and i you know there's there's something going on with that kid. There's no doubt about it. Oh, yeah. And uh, first, uh, if, if this is true, what we're seeing and he stays healthy, probably the first superstar we've ever had. The North Stars had some really good players. Neil Broughton was close. Yep. Dino, was not, Dino was not the kind of guy that got you to come out of the seats. Modano would have been had he stayed. Yep. But, uh, you know, this is, we've, we've never had the guy who – when he shows up in uh, Chicago, people say, boy, I got to go out and see this guy play. Yeah. And, you know, the 
and uh, I, th- I think this guy might be him from everything I'm reading and the, and the bits and pieces I've watched. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, love it as always. Thanks for coming on today and uh, have fun down in Florida. Enjoy enjoy the sunshine and watching those twins. All right. All right. Uh, we will do that, sir. Thank you. All right. Take care. I'm Nyla Jean Myers, Senior Assistant Sports Editor at the Star Tribune. Thank you for listening to Strip Sports Daily Delivery. This work is made possible by our Star Tribune subscribers. For unlimited access to the articles mentioned in this podcast and our coverage of Minnesota sports from pros to preps, go to startribune.com slash subscribe. I'm really happy right now to be joined by Jason Gerwin, co-founder of The Streamable. That is a site that covers kind of all things cord cutting and streaming. He's written extensively about the subject of regional sports networks like Fox Sports North and their removal from several different streaming services in recent months. Jason, welcome. How you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, happy to have you. You're definitely more of an expert in this area than me, although I've had to become kind of a uh, a quick expert on this as fans have grown uh, increasingly agitated in recent months with uh, not being able to watch some of their favorite teams. So let, let's, you know, for anybody who's not familiar with this subject, who maybe, you know, doesn't have a streaming service is saying, well, I, I watch Fox Sports North still. I have, you know, cable or I have a uh, direct TV. Wh- where are we? You know, the story basically is a lot of streaming services like Hulu, uh, YouTube TV, uh, don't have Fox Sports North and other regional sports networks anymore. How did we get to where we are? Give me an overview of kind of the situation as it stands right now. For sure. So we've let's go back to uh, what Fox Sports Regional Sports Network and their acquisition by Sinclair. So it was very complicated, but Disney actually acquired these uh, regional sports networks originally as part of their deal for 21st Century Fox. They were required to get rid of them um, and they were ultimately bought by Sinclair. Um, and a couple years ago, you had a bunch of live TV streaming services pop up, which basically gave the cable experience, but via your streaming player and your mobile device. So the Hulu Live TV, YouTube TV, Slings, Fubos, so on and so forth. And at the outset, almost every one of those services included Fox Sports RSN. Um, and then back in July 2019, Sling and Dish um, both dropped Fox Sports Regional Sports Network. And that was kind of the first, you know, hammer that was to drop on this. And then over the next 18 months, Fubo TV dropped it in January 2020. And then YouTube TV and Hulu um, both dropped it in, in the fall of last year. So, you know, my sentiment, you know, without again, being an expert in the field is that when so many different streaming services are dropping regional sports networks or have a problem, you know, whether it's negotiation or the price, that when it's happening in so many different places, I I feel like I know where the blame should go, but I'm sure it's more nuanced than that. How how do you, you know, as these sides have, you know, not been able to agree on on how to carry these channels anymore, or, or, you know, the carriers have just flat out dropped them, you know, how do you explain the, that situation? And, you know, the, I don't want you to assess blame, but how, how do you, how have that, how have those negotiations gone and, and why ultimately do you think they're, they're not on these, on these streaming services right now? 
So the same way that customers don't want to keep paying for higher and higher rates on cable, that's the same thing that's happened with these streaming services. So you know, over the last couple of years, there's been price hikes, and one of the key contributors to that was regional sports networks. So you know, on average, what when you get a cable bill, you see this you know fifteen to twenty dollar regional sports fee on your cable bill that kind of gets hidden. But one of the differences on these streaming services is they never charge this separate extra fee. Um, so it ultimately became a price situation where Sinclair wanted more and more and more and more money every year to renew these. And given that these streaming bundles are half the price of cable, they just couldn't fit it in and make it work economically. In fact, even without regional sports network, they are more or less break even on what they pay for the actual channels that are included in them. I get Hulu and that bill has gone up considerably and went up considerably even after they dropped um, in my area, Fox Sports North. So I think the frustration people have had is I used to pay for this service and I got what I wanted and now I'm still paying for it and I'm not getting what I wanted. Have you sensed, uh, is this a, as someone who's covered this fairly extensively, have you sensed a, a large level of consumer frustration in this, in this uh space? I will tell you the two biggest areas of frustration for streamers right now are one, the price hikes that you talked about, and two, the fact that all these services have dropped regional sports networks. And the two of them, you know, go hand in hand, right? Like, it, these services have gone up tremendously, but they would go up even more if they kept in regional sports networks. Right. Like you're paying $65 a month for Hulu. Right. You know, there's one live TV streaming service, AT&T TV, which is $84.99 a month that does offer Fox Sports RSN. So that's realistically the price that it would have to get to in order to keep these RSNs in there. And that's still cheaper in large part than a cable or satellite package. And I think people are attracted to the streaming services by, you know, the month to month, you don't have to you know, do the contract, things like that. What's, what's been the bottom line for, you know, both subscribers to these streaming services as they've dropped sports and also to, you know, Sinclair as they've kind of considered the impact of not being, in, not being carried on these streaming services anymore? Yeah, so for Sinclair, this is like, this is a very interesting problem. And they, they actually talked about it a lot during their investor call. There was originally thought that they would go with a direct-to-consumer service sometime later this year. Yep. They're relaunching their, their app right before the baseball season, but it will only support um, TV everywhere and th- authentication. So people either have a cable or streaming package that offers you know, in, in your guys's case, Fox Sports North. Um, but now they say that's not coming in terms of uh, unauthenticated users. So direct to consumer package till at least 2022. And we don't really even know what that means. Does that mean you'll get a live feed of the RSN, but not games? Will you get just some games? And ultimately what they're going to price it at. Um, you know, I think one thing that, that's very interesting about the economics about this, that, you know, I think as a streamer, it's hard to understand is that there are so many people out there that are subsidizing sports fans um, in their cable package, right? Like the Twins last year on average, I think had about 100,000 viewers 
um, households again, right? Like there's a million and a half people in the Minnesota DMA, such a small percentage, you know, of especially of cable customers are actually watching the twins. So if they do go direct to consumer, like this isn't something that they can go and charge $6.99 a month like Disney Plus. Like realistically, to get to the same economics, they would almost need 100,000 people paying $40 a month just for Fox Sports North. And, it, and it's even more expensive if you consider a, a Twins fan may only want it for eight months out of the year, right? So the, the economics are very challenging with the true uh, direct-to-consumer package. Do you feel like that's where we're headed, at least in terms of like uh, any kind of stream or any kind of like bundled sports experience just for, you know, people who are don't want the entire cable, you know, subscription package, but still are willing to pay at a certain price point for, you know, a, a regional sports network? I think we'll find a way to get there. I don't think a true direct to consumer regional sports package is 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 coming you know, even in 2022, like Sinclair said, the only way that I could see that happening, you know, Sinclair has made this deal with Bally's and, you know, Fox Sports North is, you know, now becoming Bally Sports North. Right. Um, I think they're going to use sports betting to try to subsidize these packages. Yeah. 100%. Right. So like, so if they need to charge the consumer 40 bucks a month in order to break even on the right fees that they're paying the twins, I could imagine a world where they're like, hey, if you're gambling, you know, $100 a month through our service, we'll give you the RSNs for free because their, their argument is the more that you gamble, the more likely that you will watch the RSN. Obviously, I don't think uh, online sports betting is legal in Minnesota. Not yet, yet but so. it's, it's, it's percolating. I mean, it's legal in, I think Iowa has legalized sports betting as long as you're in Iowa. So it's, it's being talked about here at least. Yeah, but that to me is the way that you can get the economics to work. But I, I don't think you'll be able to buy in-market streaming to every Twins game at a price that, you know, isn't going to get a consumer to go, whoo, that's a little expensive uh, in, in the next, you know, 24 months. What, what percentage of overall subscribers to, you know, services like Hulu, YouTube, Sling, Fubo, we talked about them all, basically, how much do they represent in the big picture of everyone who subscribes to a cable satellite or some type type of streaming service because it feels like it's a, a relatively small piece of the pie but it's also a pretty vocal piece of the pie and it's also a group of of fans in particular that's you know skews younger that these that these leagues probably don't want to miss out on yeah so you know at the end of 2020 there were about 11 and a half million subscribers across these um, digital cable packages yeah. Um, and, you know, there's about 77 million cable homes in its entirety. So, you know, it, it's getting to be a substantial amount. In fact, Sinclair said uh, last fall that the loss of YouTube and Hulu is actually a about a 10% drop in, in overall rights revenue for them. So, you know, losing these is a meaningful part of their business. What's your advice for a sports fan who's committing, who's committed to ditching you know, cable satellite contracts and the expense, but is still trying to watch, you know, kind of their favorite local teams. Is it AT&T? Is it, you know, kind of bite the bullet and wait? What, what's the, what's the, what's the process there? If you're a Twins fan living in, you know, the local region and you want to watch Twins games, your only option right now in terms of streaming is AT&T TV. Fortunately, they just rolled out these new no contract plans. So, you know, it's eighty four ninety nine a month right now. 
um, and you'll get Fox Sports North, you'll get, you know, most of the top cable channels, and you can cancel it, you know, keep it for eight months during the season, and, you know, cancel it when, when games aren't on. So that's certainly an advantage. There's obviously MLB TV, which I think a lot of fans use to watch out-of-market games. Locally, you won't be able to um, watch Twins games. But the good news is MLB TV does not black out spring training games. So okay. at, at least if you want to watch, you know, the Twins, I think Fox Sports North will be airing about 10 to 12 I Twins think I think they announced 13 and the first one is on Wednesday. Yeah, so, so you will be able to watch MLB TV. And if you're a T-Mobile subscriber, you actually get MLB TV for free um, okay. on their unlimited plan. So, so there are options. Unfortunately, it's not as cheap or as easy as it was a year ago. But I would say compared to five years ago, when your choice was paying $150 for a cable package that you were locked in for two years, it's still substantially better um, than it once was. Do you get the sense there's any hope in negotiations between Sinclair and Hulu or YouTube TV, or is that a non-starter at this point as Sinclair considers kind of their future options and these other uh, these streaming services kind of move forward the way they want to go? I don't think in the current form of it just being included on the base plan, they're ever coming back to Hulu and YouTube TV. Um, I think if Sinclair was willing to be an add-on to those bundles or being in their sports add-on, I think there is a possibility, but we haven't heard that that is even a topic of negotiation. Um, the CEO of Sinclair was actually asked on an earning call that exact question, and he kind of, you know, hemmed and hawed and, and didn't really give a very straightforward answer. That's so, never a good sign. Know, <laughs> so I, you know, I think your hunch is as good as mine that, you know, I don't think there's very much in the words of, of talks around that. Circling back to on something we talked about a minute ago that you brought up, it's interesting to me that the Sinclair plans for kind of the regional sports networks in terms of making them available in, in non-traditional ways. They had those, they had talked about this kind of this app that they were going to bring along in 2021. You're telling me right now that that if you're trying to watch an in-market game without having the, you know, without having the cable or satellite subscription that supports that channel, that that's a long ways off, I would imagine. Is that, is that what you're telling me? Yeah, they've already said that direct-to-consumer isn't on the roadmap till 2022. And even, even when it does come, it, it's certainly possible that it's not going to be direct-to-consumer, like watching every single game um, there. It may be you get shoulder programming from Fox Sports North, you get a subset of games, you get only away games. But, you know, I, I, as of right now, they haven't been completely forward with their, their direct-to-consumer plans, but certainly not until 2022. Do you get the sense, last thing for you, do you get the sense that the streaming services like Hulu, you know, YouTube, we've, we've been through all that, were they building a strategy that was, you know, wanting to have these channels and then all of a sudden it, it, it wasn't happening for them? I think these services as a whole came into this um, with the idea that they would grab a ton of subscribers, um, basically more or less break even on the programming, um, and then monetize through you know the advertising that they get on these channels because the, the actual cable or streaming company gets a couple minutes an hour on it. And I don't, I, while 4 million subscribers, which is the largest with Hulu, is a lot, 
it certainly isn't enough advertising revenue for a, a channel package that is break even. And if they had RSNs probably losing, you know, five to $10 a month per customer. Um, so I don't, I, I think the one thing that probably caught them by surprise is, you know, how fast programming expenses go up. You know, there's a reason why I, I know a lot of people hate on cable companies and I probably should because I run a streaming site, <laughs> but like, but there's a reason why cable prices go up, right? Like as you were talking up front, there's good guys and bad guys. And, you know, the one thing that cable companies you hope do on your behalf is force the price of content down because ultimately that means that your cable bill won't go up as much. Um, and because they haven't, that's why there's been broadcast TV fees. That's why there's been RSN fees. That's why your bundle has gone up, gone up. And, you know, now we've seen that a little bit with these streaming services as well. They just haven't been able to, you know, use their power to keep prices down. And a lot of it is because of consolidation in the media industry, right? Like before you could go make a deal with CBS and only carry CBS channels. Now you need to carry both Viacom and CBS channels. Right. Like before you just needed you could get, you know, Warner Media channels. And now, you know, you have to carry, you know, a whole lot more discovery scripts across the board. Like th this has basically been the reason why why costs have gone up is because you now have to take more in your bundle in order to get a deal done. Interesting stuff. It's not necessarily great uh, news for the consumer, especially if you have these streaming services right now and you want to watch the twins, you want to watch the wild, you want to watch the Timberwolves, a lot of convergence of seasons right now, especially um, I think what's exacerbated this too is not being able to, there's no in-person attendance in a lot of these things right now. The only way to watch is TV in a lot of these cases right now. And if you have one of those streaming services, you are not able to, but excellent information from Jason Gerwin from the streamable uh, Jason. Thank you so much for joining the daily delivery podcast today. Thanks very much. Really enjoyed that conversation with Jason Gerwin from The Streamable. You know, not necessarily a great uh, great news for you if you are a subscriber to one of those streaming services. You know, maybe take his advice, look look at some of those other options. Um, you know, kind of see see what's out there. Um, but yeah, you're you're kind of in a in a tough spot right now between you know kind of in this in between space right now between you know a lot of good direct to consumer offerings and and what what's being offered right now on these streaming services and what you can pay for uh, in a big way on cable and satellite. That leads me naturally to The Cooler, Wild Against Vegas, 9 o'clock tonight. A lot of you can watch it. Some of you can't because it's on FSN, but it's a showdown between two uh, two of the best teams in the West right now, uh, two teams on a, on a pretty good run. The Wild has won six games in a row after sweeping the Kings in a set of games over the weekend. Fun team to watch right now if you can watch them, so I hope you can. That'll do it for today's Daily Delivery Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Subscribe to Star Tribune, startribune.com, and we will be back at this again tomorrow.